give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. And we are live. Welcome everybody to Metallicast Live. I am your host, Brandon, your fellow Metallica fan. And I am joined by this handsome young man to my, well, it's to my right if you're <laughs> looking at the screen, but to my left if you're looking, I already confused myself. To, to your south west in real life but it depends on you know how the map looks i think yeah, southwest exactly. that's like the closest you know straight line from uh from connecticut to melbourne so yeah I... <laughs> live from connecticut and live from melbourne australia the beauty yeah. of technology indeed yes i am here so let me formally introduce you uh you've been on the show many times so if you are hmm. a uh if you are a devout listener, then you know who this man is, most likely. He is a music journalist. He's run for many publications, including Billboard, uh, among many others. He is a musician, producer in his own right. He is one half of Pop Duel L. That is E-L-L-E. So look them up um, if that is your thing. Mr. Richard S. He. Uh, pleasure to be here once again. It's been too it long, actually. I know. Well, we were talking about uh, before we went live how the last couple episodes have been more interviews than kind of deep dives into the history and catalog of Metallica, uh, which I'm trying to find right now a good balance of the two. But hmm. because I've done more interviews with new guests, which I love doing, I feel hmm. like I have not had a lot of my regulars on in a while. So it's refreshing to have you back and to be able to do a, a deep dive here tonight into a couple different things, which we'll get to mm. momentarily. A couple surprises, a couple of Cup. familiar things. Yeah, yeah, a couple surprises, a couple familiar things. So uh, for those of you who might have heard, um, about a month ago, I did a six-week live stream series called Welcome Home Quarantine. Uh, and then after six weeks... Um, you know, I had a blast doing it. It was really mm. fun. It was a new experience for me doing it live on YouTube, on the Fans Not Experts YouTube, I should say. Um, and it was just a lot looser than a normal podcast episode that we did. We did different Metallica-themed games, and we talked about the set list of Metallica Monday because we did it at 7.30 to kick off the show. But after six weeks, it was... I felt like it had run its course in that format. Mm. It was hard to do week after week after week, uh, to be honest, with everything else I'm balancing in life. And like I said, though, I had a blast doing it. So I wanted to still do these live streams. So I decided it's going to be a monthly thing. We've rebranded simply as Metallicast Live. How clever am I, Richard? <laughs> you are an innovator, Brandon. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure you're the first Metallica podcast to record live, so that's a thing. It's possible. I'm not sure. I, I know Metal Up Your Podcast does some things here or there. Ah, okay. But I'm trying to make this a consistent monthly endeavor. Um, mm. And for the first time, we are on Facebook Live right now. So we're coming at ah. you on two streams. 
the Fans Not Experts YouTube page and the Metallicast Facebook page. I see a few people coming and going as we're talking. Um, If you are watching live, please join the chat and join along with the show. If you're not in the chat, then just enjoy. Rich and I are going to work our magic. We got a lot of topics we're talking about, or at least a couple topics we're talking about. Uh, I think it's safe to jump into the first topic, uh, which is download 2004. Ooh. <laughs> oh, you can't see it because of the reflection. I'm holding up a, a Japanese Metallica St. Anger single with Very four nice. Ramones covers. <laughs> All right. So, what are the Ramones covers that is on that single? Um, you got. Commando, Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World, Now I Want to Sniff Some Glue, and the iconic one, We're a Happy Family. Right. Because I know that they did they did a handful of those. Ooh. Ah, he's holding <laughs> up <laughs> he's holding up the side <laughs> of yeah. the single. Because um, they did 53rd and 3rd, which is one that made it onto the Ramones yeah. tribute album. Yeah. Uh, but you know what's funny is that all those the 53rd and 3rd cover and the uh the leftovers so to speak that appeared on the St. Anger mm. single they're kind of hard to find other than YouTube now. Exactly. Yeah. They're kind of a maybe rarity. like a maybe like a licensing issue or something. Yeah. Possibly. I I'm mm. sort of thinking they are overdue for another covers album. They can do kind of a, yeah. a a garaging sequel where they do you know one disc of new covers and then a second disc of all the covers they've done since then consolidated because they've done a lot of um, yeah. tribute albums like they did Remember Tomorrow for Iron Maiden they did um, the Ronnie Rising medley Which is fantastic so, yeah yeah I love that one and so just mm-hmm. kind of a like it'd be cool to kind of get a garaging too where you have you know disc of new covers and then a disc to kind of bring all those covers like the Ramones ones and everything mm. into one place, just like they did for the first one. Exactly. Yeah. I have a friend who um specifically wants that single on vinyl. He's like, that's all I want from Metallica. Just like reprint it, please. <laughs> like just do one, one run of one copy and I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got SM2, so a garaging two is not out of the question. And Lars Ulrich has teased it at interviews that mm. it's not yeah. a matter of if so much as a matter of when. Who knows? It might he yeah. might just be playing games with my heart. I'm not mm. sure. Um, I see people tuning in. If you're watching, thank you for tuning in, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube. Uh please uh stay with us. Um and join the chat. Be a part of the conversation. I want to interact with you. That's part of the reason why I love doing these live streams for Metallicast. Um, so download 2004. Uh, yes. This is a very interesting performance. Oh, the Savettos. Hey, so you I'm going to myself to, gentlemen, are you, t- are you talking to us? <laughs> a gentleman. Well, thank you for your kind words. I'm not sure I would leave. Well, Richard is a gentleman. Richard is a gentleman. You, you have, you're always a gentleman to me, just charming your way onto what feels like every couple months here back onto the show. But um, I, sorry, break to you. I'm a, I'm a dick. I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> One of us has to be. <laughs> no, I only am when I need to be. You know, it's on a, it's on an needed basis 
dudes. Dudes and dudettes. I'm doing the cow bunga right now. (laughs) Dudes and dudettes. We welcome all types of dudes in the Metallicast Monday Show. Um, But if you're tuning in, we just started talking about Download 2004. This is our third attempt to start. We'll see how far we go until somebody else interrupts me in the chat. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I want you to interrupt me in the chat. Be a part of the show and interact. That's why I love doing these live streams. Um, But the reason this show reappeared on my radar was uh, if anybody is interested, about a month or so ago, I got a chance to write an article for metaltalk.net, a metal news site of the UK. I wrote it on um, the historic Day in the Green 1985 performance. Um, Long story short, uh, the article's not out yet, uh, but hopefully it'll be out soon. Um, Hopefully as soon as next week. Uh, There should hopefully be another article going to metaltalk.net about the Download 2004 performance. And the reason I mentioned that is not just to advertise the article, but because it forced me to rewatch this performance, which is an extremely unique performance in the history of Metallica. And the reason it is so unique, Richard? Um, Because one Lars Ulrich was sick immediately before had to go to the hospital and he was uh replaced briefly yes it's the only show to this day in the almost Mm. 40 year history of metallica the only show that lars ulrich has not played drums for so Mm. what metallica did was they brought in a few different guest drummers from a couple the bands had played earlier because this is download it's a two-day mm. festival the couple stages you know how festivals work there's tons and tons of bands um and it was a really unique performance it was abbreviated a, a little shorter yeah. set than what you might normally get from metallica but they still played for a little over an hour and they played it, it because it was abbreviated they pretty much just hit you with uh, a lot of the biggest songs from the catalog whether it's for whom the bell tolls, or fade to black, or sad but true, or interesting. It was just kind of like a boom, 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 boom of uh, hits and classics. And uh, the drummers that appeared while well, opening the show is really a metalhead's dream come true. If you mm. are a fan of the Big Four of Thrash, uh, Dave Lombardo playing drums. On the first two songs of the set, Battery and The Four Horsemen. Four Horsemen, yeah. Henry. Hello. Welcome, sir. Thank you for tuning in. I'm just throwing out some people on, uh, throwing out some people, shouting out some people. <laughs> Do not go anywhere. I'm not throwing you out. Shouting out some people on the chat. Um, as Savetto is saying, is, is this both of you? It says Sarah Ralph Savetto. I want to make sure it's both of you. Um, or, Tell me in the chat. Jordan Jordison was one of the yeah. Joey Jordison of Slipknot played the majority of the set, um, mm. but Dave Lombardo opened up, and that was really, uh, I think, a dream come true for a lot of metalheads to hear. Because everybody, the Lars haters of the world, and I hate Lars haters. There's no reason I hate Mister Alrick. <laughs> All right, but the Lars haters always are like. Imagine they had a real drummer. Imagine if Lombardo played for them. Well, this was their chance. 
to hear what it would sound like. And I'm actually going to play a clip. Um, I'm going to be able to share my screen here. And uh, we're going to play a clip of Battery with Dave Lombardo on drums. Um, you can hear some of the similarities. You can hear some of the differences um, that compared to Lars Ulrich playing drums. So I'm going to get this queued up. Hopefully this works. This is uh, We've only done this in trial. Lars was right. I agree. He was 100% mm. right. All right, here we go. Dave Lombardo in Metallica. <laughs> so if you ever wondered what it would sound like, there you go. Um, Henry's saying have that bootleg maybe video too. That show is more recent than I remembered. Yeah, 2004, mm. not that long ago. And mm. uh, thoughts, Richard, on Dave Lombardo with Metallica. It's an interesting one. I feel like Dave, Dave does a couple things better. Honestly, like the um the double kick um at the end of the guitar solo like just sounds incredible. Yeah. Um but part of it is like you can tell he didn't get any time to rehearse. So there's like a few little cues <laughs> yeah. that he doesn't get, which um that that's just very funny to me. Like completely yeah. understandable, but also the idea of a metal drummer not having battery memorized note for note is like 
Uh, well, <laughs> well. <laughs> I think I think what happened was mm. I think he probably ran through the song a couple times backstage to the mm. album. I'm not sure he actually ran through with the band. So like mm. when you hear the uh, when they finish the second chorus of Battery, it yeah. sounds like he goes into the bridge. The but and yeah, yeah. they never play that. They always pause. Hatfield does his little thing, the da dun dun dun, and they're back into it, right straight into the guitar solo. They completely X out that bridge. It sounds like to me he's going to the bridge section, and then the band's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he plays a couple bars of it, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. And then he's like, wait, uh, and then he kind of trails off. Hatfield does his thing, and then you can see in the video, James gives him like a little nod, he goes, does the count in. And then yeah. da -dun -dun, and they're back in. So it's funny because I feel like um, you know, in less capable hands, this could have been a disaster. Absolutely, they, yeah. They that's a difficult song to play, and mm. they pretty much play completely in sync. It's really just a few transitions here or there that mm. are rough around the edges, but I kind of like that. Like it's just it, it's you know, it's rock and roll, it's just like loose, it's yeah. spontaneous, it's fun. And um, I, moment, I, yeah. and I, and I, and I remember seeing an interview, or reading an interview, I probably with Lars. I forget, but let's assume it was Lars because he, you know, is the talker, um, saying you know one thing he likes about Metallica is that playing live, it feels like it can just kind of go off the rails at any time, <laughs> and which I think trend. is. Which I think is undermining. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, I think that's undermining their abilities as musicians. But it, I think there's also maybe a little level of truth to that, especially during mm. a performance like this, where it can just mm. kind of go off. And but they really do not falter for at any real point in a dramatic way. But um, I, I agree with you. I think the Greg Smith uh, is saying. It's real devil horns. Um, I agree with you. There are part like when he kicked into that double bass, I just had a big smile on my face. That sounded fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's whether whether you think it's better or worse or the same, it's different. And yeah. it, there's no denying that. Um, as was mentioned earlier in the chat, um, by the Savettos, uh. Jordy Jordison, really the hero of the day, pun mm. intended, um, when it came for the show. Dave Labarro came out to the first two songs, and then Jordy Jordison comes out. And with the exception of Fade to Black, which was played by Lars's drum tech, Fleming, Jordy Jordison played the rest of the songs of the set. Yeah, he did a great job, too. Like, um, it, It's funny to hear, because he definitely knows all the songs note for note, right? He yeah. he's just like the biggest fanboy you can imagine um, under that mask. I bet. Yeah. Um, well, that's but, that's the weird part is that Metallica's yeah. playing, and then you're you see Lars's drum set, but you see the Slipknot mask <laughs> hovering <laughs> above the set, and it just it looks out of place. It was cool, but it looks which out is of so place. funny. Yeah. And um, actually, yeah, to add another layer to it, they are playing Lars's drum setup, so um, you can only imagine yeah. like so much of drumming is the feel of it. And yeah. so it's like the same snare, but everyone's going to hit it differently, you know? So you get slightly different tone from it. Yeah. But um, it's funny because especially in the start of Creeping Death, I think, um, Joey's like going really nuts and like kind of 
doing these big fills yeah. and these um double kick trills and stuff that like yeah. Lars would never ever do. And it just yeah. feels like it, it feels really weird, like kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't want that like on every performance, but yeah. <laughs> no, it, it kind of um I felt like it was uh well done. Um I just feel like like in that example you shared, I felt like it was almost overplaying. Oh, maybe it that, was, sure. You know, like it, like it's not necessary. And and Lars is the king of underplaying, if anything, where yeah, he like he truly maybe some of it's just ability, but some I I think a lot of it too is just he would rather just lay back and serve the song. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh it, it was cool hearing it, but I agree with you. I but I heard I'm like, this sounds weird because it's just yeah. too much going on. Exactly. And like Lars is so all about that backbeat and that feel. Like he knows the exact like place to play within the tempo of every song. Yeah. Um although even though he does speed up quite a bit live. Um so that yeah, listening to especially like metallic covers, um, I feel like I often miss Lars's like attention to detail. Even if yeah. um even if you're playing more notes, like that doesn't that doesn't shape the song like nearly as much as his choices. So Right. Yeah. Whereas although here it still sounds like Metallica, just like you'll notice uh, within like yeah. ten seconds that you've got a different drummer, even if you don't know like the story behind the the show. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And uh, I think the real the only kind of low low light i said low light of the set is uh for me personally fade to black and i said just does not click with uh fleming the drum tech he comes out and he the when the band kicks into high gear during the solo it's just a lot more plotting than you would normally hear Mm -hmm. and it just it does not have the same energy to really get you going to me that's i I think he did a serviceable job and i'm not definitely not Mm -hmm. blaming blaming him especially considering the circumstances and just compared to how you normally hear that song live it just did not deliver in the same way in my opinion totally yeah because a lot of that song is driven by the drums yeah yeah especially when that solo kicks in and it's just you know full speed ahead uh Fedo say need that Lars feel plus aren't too many people that can arrange a song like him. Well, that's true. And sure, th- yeah. I mean, and that's my number one argument for again the Lars Arcaders in the world is that you know there are more technically proficient drummers out there. I'm not arguing that. I don't think a lot of people would argue that, but mm-hmm. without him, this band does not exist, or at least does not reach the levels that they've reached in terms of um songwriting because he's a plays a huge part in the arranging of the songs and uh definitely business wise i i i without lars Ulrich, i do not see this band releasing an album like the black album that's just a massive hit that lives on and on and on and keeps selling 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 mm. i bet a lot of metal bands wish they had like their Lars in that sense you know <laughs> right, well, and, and I and I think that's what makes them unique is that not a lot of bands, big bands, small bands, not a lot of bands have that person who's really business minded. I think that's a very mm-hmm. unique thing that separates them from a lot of other bands, even who are, even bands who are massively popular. And mm-hmm. when you when you look at a band um, that. Um, is big but never really reaches the next level 
you, you kind of wonder if they could have, if they had somebody like Lars in there, you know, of mm. course, there's a lot of factors that play in, you know, you gotta be kind of in the right place at the right time, know the right people. There's an element of luck to it in addition to skill, mm. but you, you have to wonder if, you know, if Lars Ulrich was not in Metallica and he was for another band, even a really mm. popular band that's very successful, like Anthrax, would they have reached another level or in, in, in like another higher level than they even accomplished it? You know, we I guess we could play what if this, what if that all day, but it's mm. it's, some, it's an interesting thing to think about because I just feel like Metallica is not the icons, the massive selling band that they are today without mm. Lars in the band. Yeah, I mean, Lars is one of a kind, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, all of them are, but yeah, um, Lars kind of especially in that way. Because, yeah, how how many other, like, drummer band leaders are there, you know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I want to say Mike Portnoy, but he kind of got uh, let go for similar reasons. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, it was fun revisiting the show. Any final thoughts on Download 2004? Um, it's a fun one. Like, it's worth a listen in full if you haven't. There's a really good um pro shot. Uh, actually, no, it's not pro shot. It's like a compilation of fan uh, perspectives and like a soundboard audio on YouTube. That's really yeah. good. So that's probably like the best way to experience it. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of footage out there on YouTube. Um, some of it, like you said, pro shot. Some of it... It's fan films, but a lot of it is the audio is pretty good quality from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, so definitely check it out. It's, I think it's like an hour 20. It's not a, like a full typical, you know, two, three hour Metallica set. Um, but it's a definitely, if, if, if you've not checked it out or you've just seen bits and pieces, I would, it's, it, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a really cool experience for the diehards. Um, yeah. Speaking of something for the diehards, I thought it'd be fun to do uh, a live listen along to um, a song that was debuted live back in 2006. Uh, Metallica was obviously between records um, and they were in writing mode for what would eventually become Death Magnetic. Um, But they debuted a couple different songs live. Um, that were really in their infancy, so much so that they never received proper song titles. Um, we're going to listen to one of them in a moment that's just become known as the new song because it never received a proper title. Um, and when we listen to it, you're going to hear uh, a couple familiar riffs that ended up in death on Death Magnetic in different songs. Uh, but you're going to hear a lot of parts that never, to our knowledge, left this song. And it, I just think this is really interesting because this is the only time in Metallica history that I can think of where they debuted a song live that never was formally recorded. Um, they've re- they've played songs live, obviously, before they've been recorded for an album, and sometimes it changes. For example, you watch Cunning Stunts, uh, which is part of the Low Tour. They play Fuel, which has slightly different lyrics. You know, they they might play an early version of the song where things change, but the song, the core of the song gets recorded. Um, yeah. 
there's no other time that I can think of um, that where they debuted an original song that was never formally recorded for an album and really just remains kind of a live one-off. Or in this case, yeah, yeah. curiosity is going to put it. This song was performed live four times total, um, all within one month, June of 2006. Um, do you have anything? I mean, we're going to kind of break it apart more once the song plays, but do you have anything you want to add uh, before we hear it? Well, firstly, I haven't heard this in 14 years, so <laughs> this will be interesting. <laughs> um, secondly, they had, um, there were two of them, right? There was one called The Other New Song around the same yeah. time. Yeah, there yeah. was The New Song, then The Other New Song, which I want to do The Other New Song down the road as well, because yeah. Yeah. that's a, that the new song sounds like a Metallica song. The other mm. new song sounds like Metallica, but it sounds like a misfits punk rock version of Metallica. It's a really kind of quirky, fun song um, mm. to check out down the road. But yeah, we're, we'll be focusing on the new song in this one. Um, if you've not heard it, you're about to. Um, mm. Any other thoughts, Richard, before we play this bad boy? No, I um, it's it's been so long. I almost don't know what to expect. So, yeah. <laughs> so I will say this: if you've never heard it, or you have, uh, it's been a long time since you've heard it. Listen carefully to some of the riffs because you're gonna be like, "Oh, that's that song. Oh, that's this song." Because a couple of the riffs end up on Death Magnetic in different songs. So check it out. This is the new song, which might be the best titled Metallica song ever. I think on the next album, they should just name everything. The new song, the other new song, the next new song, the next other new song, you know, and just keep on going. Call it the new album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is the new song. This was recorded on June 6, 2006 in Berlin, Germany. We're going to play a new song for you. It doesn't... We don't even have a title for it, so it's called The New Song.
sand Slip into his hand Open up your gate Spirit dilate Whisper to my friend Death is not the end Not the end Not the end The beginning Before I want you to speak, Richard, first, but um, let's catch up on some of these uh, chats. Let's see what was missed. Death is not the end or Vulturous. Yep. Death. Yeah. Henry's referring to the new song and the other new song. Vulturous was kind of uh, the name given to the other new song a lot of times. Um, Henry says, glad they reworked the song to others. Not bad at all for rarity. Uh, so that's from. 8 16 2006 right it was from i believe june 6 2006 um if mm-hmm. i remember what i said a moment ago yeah definitely yeah. Uh, a rarity only performed live four times uh song a couple you you i'm sure you recognize a couple of those parts that they made their way onto death magnetic richard thoughts because you've not heard uh, this in many years you said no i i like it more than i remember actually quite a bit more um it's firstly it's in um they've down tuned to c sharp which is a pretty rare key for them i think only dirty window is like the only other song they've ever done in it so um to me it almost has like a a feel that's midway between san anger and death magnetic although that might just be like the lower key um but yeah it's really cool like some great riffs the intro has like that weird kind of timing thing which is cool um the the riff that intros the verse is like phenomenal the one where um uh lars goes into like double time and double kicks and stuff yeah um it's yeah it's familiar though like i don't think i recognize the riffs because it is in a different key but um it's interesting i i like what it is and uh i do really like the death magnetic albums so yeah i guess they had a clearer sense of where they wanted to go with it right Definitely. Before we go on, I do want to shout out Met Fan Mike over here. Please plug your uh, YouTube show in the chat, Met Fan Mike, uh, so we can plug that as well. Uh, Met Fan Mike, for those who do not know, does a he was one of the black ticket holders who he followed Metallica to every North American show. You might have seen him on the Metallica Instagram with his picture of uh, the band because he was at every show in North America. I believe. Correct me if I'm uh wrong in the chat mike but um yeah he's a hardcore fan and and to chronicle his experience of following the band around he does a youtube series each episode is a different date and he talks about um uh his experience of different people he met and all that stuff um and he's very well known in the 
Metallica community and, and the Metallica collector community as well. So thanks for tuning in, buddy. Um, we'll, we'll have to have you on sometime. Um, but right now we are talking about the new song. Richard, thank you for sharing your thoughts. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, it's funny. So two things. One, I love that tour backdrop where it's a combination of all the album covers up to that point. You have like the St. Anger fist over the kill them all blood. And with, and you can see when they go to the other side, they have like the master puppets cross and something for my lightning. I, I love the mismatch of it because at, the, at that point they were not promoting any individual um, album. It's 2006. So it's right. It's a few years after St. Anger. It's a couple years before death magnetic, obviously in the writing process, of the death magnetic album. Um, and I, I remember hearing this song uh, for the first time. Uh, I re- you know, I remember seeing on Blabbermouth or something back in 2006 that like Metallica debuted a new song live and then getting uh, fan filmed footage of it and just listening to it on loop and dissecting it. Um, Henry says escape from the studio. Was that what? Well, they did yeah. escape from the studio. That is sick of the uh, studio later, times. I think. Yeah. They did a but couple different times. So, yeah, this might have, yeah. yeah. All right. Good call, Henry. And um, so I remember hearing it for the first time and being like, this sounds like Metallica is back. The, the solos are back. The guitar mm-hmm. harmonies are back. But it's when I listen back to it, it's funny because it does not sound oh. like that to me. And I agree with <laughs> what you said. Which is yeah. like kind of like a weird mix of Saint Anger and what ended up on Death Magnetic. Like it's kind of a good bridge of those two, where it's very riff centric. Um, it's tuned down. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the lyrics, uh, I feel like, would fit in on, even though some of the lyrics kind of played into a couple songs on Death Magnetic. I feel like the lyrics kind of. Um, would fit right in on saying anger, the kind of the repetition of the chorus, it, it, it some of the more chuggier sounding riffs that are mixed in there. Um, I, if, if you added in the quirky production, got rid of the solo, I think this yeah. song would fit in perfectly on that record. Um, uh, all right, it's from the 2006 2007 Escape from the Studio Tour. Yeah, thank you guys mm-hmm. for uh dropping that in the chat uh yeah i, I agree with you 100 percent. though it's like a good bridge song and it's fine because when they came out with the other new song and we won't get too far into it because i think that we can maybe do this next time or sometime down mm-hmm. the road but i was kind of expecting that and then it was something completely different more of like a misfit song than anything but mm-hmm. uh let us know in the chat what you think about it uh did you recognize uh, i sorry i'm sorry if you already says did you recognize the songs that um the from death magnetic that borrows from uh this song um i don't think so because i'm i find it hard to pick out like melodies in different keys so uh, yeah, yeah, death yeah. Magnetic is all e standard so yeah, yeah. you might have uh you might have recognized uh end of the line yeah the intro Especially go back to it. And then there's a brief part, the kind of the thrashier, more double bass part that ends up in All Nightmare Long. Yeah, right. And what's funny is that I remember being like super psyched for the song when it came out and playing it for a friend of mine. 
And it, I was like, this is new Metallica. Cause he was one of those friends that like, he liked the old stuff. He shit on Saint mm. anger. He wanted a return to form. I'm like, what do you think about this? And he's like, I only like this part and <laughs> this part. And those are the only two parts that ended up on death magnetic. So I wow. think he could have gone on to be a record producer or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, cyanide a little, I think. Too. Yeah, I, I, it, I think it's the the lyrics, especially, kind of, I think, would roll right into um, part <clears throat> of cyanide as well. Good call, Henry, in the chat. Um, going on your tours every summer, then making us envious in U.S. I let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to play the victim card living in the United States of America, but Europe gets all the best festivals. They do, yeah. And, and you know, no question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a really cool song, kind of. And like I said at the start, a real rarity because, with the exception of this Nella New song, I don't recall any other time in Metallica history where they mm. recorded a song or, sorry, where they played a song live, debuted it, and then it just never was recorded. Even Lords of Summer ended yeah. up on, the, it was recorded and it ended up as like a bonus track on Hardwired to Self Destruct. That's like the closest thing I can think of to this, but it was never formally recorded as a full song. So a really cool rarity in Metallica history. Yeah, I think not a lot of bands do that like period, you know. Um, yeah, just pre previewing new songs, then, you know, they just disappear like curiosities. Well, um, it, yeah. yeah. Oh, I wanted it, to say one of the coolest parts was... Um, Rob plays kind of a bass lead towards the end. That's really cool. Um, you can see where he's like got the he's like kneeling or something, and he's got the bass like that. Um, he's doing yeah. a lead part, which is really cool. Um, I want to track down the official recordings of this actually on Live Metallica because I'm really curious how they sound there compared to the bootlegs. So yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's just a really oddity mike was i got distracted by mike different because he did say i was gonna say los lords of summer but you got it yeah that's the closest thing i can think of to this mm. other than the other new song which maybe next month when we do the live stream we'll have to visit that one it's a much shorter song you know hatfield who always likes he said he loves writing hardwire because it was finally a three minute song i think yeah i think the other new song is similar to that but it's like i said a little bit more um less metallica and more punk rockish it's very mm. um unique in that way all right i think we did it i think we did download 2004 and i think we did um the new song anything else you want oh my i didn't say you could sneeze i didn't say you could sneeze live on air i, I was too far from the mute button <laughs> at least I'm a podcast professional. <laughs> so that's cut um, out. I'm going to leave it all in. Hey, we got more people joining us. People are still watching. I think we might have time to do uh, oh. Frantic. Should we do this? Yeah, we've been listening now. So you might you might have heard this before. We're going to do one more thing with you all while we're live. Um this is uh, something I just randomly stumbled upon today, but it looks like it's been out for a while. And there's a lot of these out there on YouTube. Mm. Um, a lot of people, a lot of clever people will re-record a song kind of as uh, 
as if it appeared on a different albums, especially with Metallica. So, for example, you might get like Hardwired to Self Destruct with uh, the tones of Kill 'Em All or something like that. Um, this in this particular case, it is frantic, but rearranged and recorded as if it appeared on Injustice for All. Um, and I thought it was pretty clever and well done. Yeah, the link's there from MetFan Mike, so click on it and make sure you're a subscriber. Um, if I correct me if I'm wrong, MetFan Mike, I believe it's called um by myself, but not alone, which is a very uh mm. clever title for uh your concept. Um so uh yeah, we're gonna play this. I'm gonna do the share screen again and, and this is just sort of for fun I, I i had fun listening to this earlier today and i figured if we have time and people are staying with us uh we'll throw it on so it's so we're gonna do just that and we're gonna end on uh this now we'll come back after the song's done and talk a little bit about it but uh this is frantic as if it appeared on injustice for all so i'm gonna get this queued up and here we go I'm just gonna stop it for a moment. Can everybody hear that? Did I mess it up on my end? Um, volume might have to come up a bit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Mike says, <laughs> "Close your port <laughs> browser tab." Listen, that's in my incognito window. Obviously, duh. Um, all right, I'm gonna try to cue this up again. Hold on. Sorry, guys. This is what podcast professionals do. Obviously, the magic of live. Do do do, but it's stuck in my head the part that I heard. Henry says kind of low. Come on. All right. I'm gonna I'm on it, guys. I'm gonna fix it. I'm a professional. I'm gonna do this. I can do this. And the professional me saying, you should edit all this up. I'm gonna leave it all in, warts and all, because that's the beauty of live, baby. All right, hey. here we go. I think this will uh work. Richard, speak out over if you are uh, have difficulty hearing it.
Did I lose everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're still here. <laughs> Let's catch up on some of these uh, uh, comments. Um, hold on here. Uh, Method Mike says, I don't not like it, but I think it's pretty much a gem in its original state. The lyrics perfectly match the sound quality as appears with St. Anger. I'm a huge St. Anger fan, by the way. Matt fan, Mike, you're in the right place because... I'll, I'll let you guys catch up in a moment. Um, Henry <laughs> says, I agree with Mike. Um, Namarda, sorry if I mispronounced your name. Uh, this is painfully wrong. Long for <laughs> it, it was very much on the long side. Uh, Mike, not Mephia Mike, the reject Mike uh, in the <laughs> chat says, at least during this, we got a break from hearing Brandon's voice. <laughs> um <laughs> Namarda adds on a brand new to this podcast. Welcome, welcome to the well, podcast Monday show. Uh, Matthew Mike says, Now you've got me wanting to go look for an eye of the beholder as it would appear on Saint Anger. There's a lot of these out there. Henry saying, oh. Love Saint A. Blake, what's good, guys? I just started the podcast. Enjoy what I first so far. Thank you, Blake, for tuning in, buddy. Appreciate welcome. you all. Um, if you're a fan of Saint Anger, there's a reason why I played this particular one. <laughs> and if you're new to the podcast or you've not caught up on all the episodes, uh, Richard SC, I'm going to let you take this away. Well, um, I, I may actually be the world's biggest sending fan. That I believe that possible. to be true. Yeah. Me and um, Jimmy Page and uh, who's the other one? <laughs> uh, Jack White, I think. Jack White, yeah. Jimmy Page and Jack White um, love this album. Yeah, but I... If you didn't know, I wrote a, I think a nine thousand word piece on Saint <laughs> Anger um, for Red Bull Music a couple of years ago, and um, it, it's still circulating. It's still around. It's made a few people uh, mad, but I think uh, others have enjoyed it. So check and it it's out. In, and it's basically <laughs> the well, you got to share the headline. Um, oh, and, yeah, fifteen years on Saint Anger, Metallica's final masterpiece. So he's a little bit of a Saint Anger fan. So I thought this was, <laughs> if we had time, and we did, this would be the perfect song to play him. So um, there's a lot of these out there. And I, I think they're a lot of fun. Um, how can I find this piece, Matthew? Mike, I will. Uh, maybe Richard can throw a link into the chat, and I will include yeah. the link into the episode description. Because for those of you watching, um, hopefully later tonight, but definitely within the next 24 hours, the audio of this live stream is going to be released as a podcast. You can find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, pretty much everywhere you get your podcast. You can find Metallicast. You'll be able to enjoy this one. Um, yeah. Namara says, I enjoy seeing anger more than the regular Joe, but I prefer the original. Um, and, and I pronounced it right. Yeah. Hey. Um, and thank you for following me on the Twitter machine at Metallicast Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Quick, cheap plug there for you all. Um, so, yeah, this is a uh, – I thought this was fun. It, it's definitely mm. – it, it's more than just taking Frantic and making it uh, in Just For All. It's more of like a mishmash of stuff. They definitely – rearrange the um uh it, well it's definitely is a rearrangement and, it, yeah. and if you listen carefully they kind of borrow from other injustice for all songs you hear a little bit of this and i hear hear a little bit of that um met met, met fan mike says not counting hard white is self-destruct i think saint anger is the best thing they've recorded since injustice for all i meant it on day one and i still feel that way please post up the link to the articles right above you buddy um uh, the red article yeah, it, 
Metallica saying anger 15 years on it. it, it the, the, that article is the reason why uh, Richard S. He is now a friend of mine because um, hey. I, I stumbled upon this article online and I said, I, I read it on the train on my commute to work. And I was like, I got to get this guy on the podcast because if I'm ever going to do a St. Anger episode, this is the guy I got to do the St. Anger episode with. And now I feel like we've done, we, we've done a few different St. Anger episodes. Uh, we did, um, well, we did uh, the, you know, the first time you were on the podcast, yeah. uh, we just did like a general St. Anger talk about your article and about kind of how you feel as places. Then we, you came back and we did an actual track by track track breakdown of the album. And we've done a lot of things connected to that era. We did an episode on MTV icon, which was um, in the St. Anger era. We did an episode (laughs) very begrudgingly of we, yeah, we did it. We did it again. Um, Ja Rule Swiss beats collaboration, which is perhaps the, the the it, the toughest thing Metallica has ever recorded, and I include um, Lulu in that big time. Um, Henry says all within my hands I like the most. Um, while we're at it, before we close this bad boy out, share your favorite Saint Anger songs in the on the um, in the chat. Richard, your favorite Saint Anger song? Can you narrow uh, right, it down to one? Can you narrow right it down now, to one? I'm gonna say title track, just for the um. The um, I want my anger to be free section is like one of my favorite Metallica bits ever, where they're playing the the riff and James is just going and like letting it out, you know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I I have to say, um, I hold that song and uh, kind of dear to my heart just because I remember hearing this song for the first time and being like, what the fuck am I listening to? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like Metallica, but it doesn't sound like Metallica. It sounds kind of like what else is happening in metal, but nothing like that. Like I, I it had no place I could really categorize it um uh appropriately. And it was just uh like nothing I've ever heard before. Um and I, I to the point where I mean I remember I, I that came out at the tail end of my high school career, because I graduated in 2003. Mm. And uh, so that, that actually came out, I think, like the last week of high school uh, for me. And I remember blasting into my bedroom and I was always playing music. And my parents, you know, knew Metallica because of me always playing it. And if I was playing, you know, Master Puppets or whatever, Load, whatever, they would not think twice about it. But I was playing this song, this album full blast and my i remember my mother like knocking my door and be like what are you listening to I'm like this is the new metallica album and she's like this is metallica <laughs> like it was very confusing even to her um greg <laughs> says the unnamed feeling henry says all within my hands um matt Fim, did you say you posted a link it's not showing here um i'm gonna let's see if i can do this real quick oops um uh, richard are you able to uh Post that in a, maybe a private chat to him. Yeah, so I did already. Yeah. Oh, all right, cool. Um, but also, if you if you just Google um, Metallica Saint yeah. Anger Red Bull, it'll be the top one. Or even just Metallica Saint Anger, I think it's in like the top ten of Google now. So 
And yeah. I just posted in the chat Metallica Saint Anger Richard S He. So cool. if you just if you just do Metallica Richard S He, they'll probably pop up too in Google. Um, Blake says I am big on Purify right now personally. I think for me, yeah. um, the unnamed feeling. Uh, I think I got to agree with Greg. That's always been kind of the standout track to me from the beginning. Mm. But I love All Within My Hands, um, and I actually like a. I actually really enjoy. Uh, the vast majority of songs in this album. I really like Sweet Amber. I really like um, Frantic. I really like the title track. I really like Some Kind of Monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then you have other songs like My World. I was not a big fan the first time I heard that song. To me, it sounded kind of like filler. But as the years have gone, it's really grown on me. I really am into Damn. that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think St. Anger for me is not an album that I might revisit as many times as uh, other Metallica records, but I enjoy it every single time I revisit it. Um, and I, and, and I, and I'm kind of fascinated by that whole era because it was such a rebirth for the band. Henry says invincible kid. I like a lot. You don't always get that as an answer. That's a very controversial track, but Matt and Micah, my favorite, just sweet Amber, unnamed feeling and invincible kid. Uh, but first mm. and foremost, I agree. The title track rips at my soul. The, well, I think that's the beauty the, of this album is that, you know, kind of like this live stream is warts and all. Um, St. <laughs> Anger is warts and all. There's, if you listen, there's, you know, James is a little pitchy at times. There's, it, it's, it, there's guitars that sound like they're playing a wrong note or get a little out of key. The, uh, you know, there's the infamous snare sound. This is, not a perfect sounding record. It's a very ugly sounding record that I think just adds a, uh, to the brutality of it Absolutely. all. And, I, and and I will say this: whether you like the album or not, I, I if you whether you like the album or not, I would say this is probably the heaviest, most brutal Metallica record to date. I think it's heavier than Kill 'Em All. I think it's heavier than Injustice for All. I think it's heavier than Hardwired to Self-Destruct. I think it's heavier than anything else they've done. Um, Matthew <laughs> Mike is saying, you see how the world is embracing it these days, more so than the past. Let's see where it is and how it is revered in 20 years. Uh, well, hmm. that's the, I'm very interested by that. I think about this a lot. Like, like, I feel like Load has a much fonder reception these days than perhaps did when it was first released and maybe that's because like my generation um like i was in middle school when load came out now i'm an adult so and so maybe you know the generations as they go through they hold it in higher regard because they grew up with that record um and now as they're adults they're like oh yeah i really loved that album when i was a kid just like the metalheads from the 80s were saying, I really loved Master Puppets when it first came out. Um, not that and obviously that album stood the test of time, but you I hopefully you get my comparison. And I think that could be the same way, perhaps, with uh an album like Saint Anger, or uh dare I say, I'm interested to see what people think of Lulu in like 20, 30 years. The mm. very um uh it, it that is especially not an album I go to a lot, but I it's a I I I dare I say it's the most interesting listen in the Metallica catalog if you roll it into uh, their usual <laughs> albums, even though it's technically a Lou Reed record. Um, 
I'm gonna all right to separate the mics. We have Nat fan Mike and we have stupid Mike. Stupid Mike <laughs> says mine is a tie between Rock of Ages photograph and pour some sugar on me. Oh my god. So um, all right, Matt Fan Mike's adding. See, this is why I need Matt Fan Mike on the on this too. Um yeah. I talked I because he's had a chance to interact with you guys. I talked to Lars about the sound backstage. I told him I felt it to be a heavy uh metallica effort punk it up completely fits like time. misfits oh oh sorry i misread that felt it to be a heavy metallifits effort yeah punk it up completely by design he said he wanted to hug me for understanding <laughs> well yeah no i think that's, that's awesome. i mean i here's the thing right how are you going to create a punk rock record um when you're the biggest band in the world and you have technology at your disposal, like free technology that anybody can get and making an album sound great these days. Like you don't need to be in a recording studio to make a great sounding song um, from a production standpoint, because no, we had the technology. Why people, uh, that's why all these people are doing, you know, what if X was on Y album things? Cause you yeah. can get like amp simulators that make it really easy, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, like the frantic song we just played, that I guarantee that was done in somebody's house on yeah. a single laptop computer by yeah. one person, you know? Um, Henry says, St. Anger had to happen. If not, we would instead be talking about how Matt broke up 19 years ago. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the beauty of that record. That's why I, I, I think I said before, sort of a rebirth um, of the band in a lot of ways. And um, it, it, I've, and even though it was such a different sounding record, in a and it got rid of the guitar solos and all that type of stuff. It it kind of reestablished Metallica as uh, a thrash metal band again, and mm. from there you get Death Magnetic, which was really a callback to the first four records, and then you get Hardwired Self Destruct, which in my opinion is like a perfect combination of everything that they've done in their mm. career. You get a little bit of the 80s material. You get a little bit of the Black Elm and the Load and Reload era, and just kind of it's everything mixed into one in a really great sounding record. But um, yeah, this was really cool. I was not expecting to do um, a whole St. Anger talk, but this is a lot of fun. I'm digging it. <laughs> Always got time for St. Anger. <laughs> um all right i we got to do this again uh metallicast is coming at you live once a month follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at metallicast pod um please download subscribe to the podcast leave a five-star review on apple all those things go a long way in supporting the show not every episode is live this is just a Mm -hmm. once a month thing um you know some episodes are actually um not a live stream and we have a variety of topics uh, some cool interviews i've done recently um i did one with a doom metal band called crip sermon who were very influenced by metallica um did one with ann erickson who's a musician and music journalist um and of course we have a lot of deep dives like i talked about before just with richard sc alone we did a saint anger deep dive an mtv icon metallica deep dive and there's a lot of other things out there and i got a lot more deep dives and interviews coming your way in the following weeks and months so please subscribe download leave a positive five-star review um and if you like these live streams let me know because i want to keep doing these at least once a month um as i mentioned before 
the audio of this will be available as a podcast, hopefully late tonight, but definitely within the next 24 hours. And you can catch the audio where all the places I just mentioned, Apple, Google, Spotify, everywhere. Um, Richard S. He, any final thoughts before we completely sign off here? And anything you want to plug? Um, One is that rumor has it that SNM2 will be out in August, right? Oh, great, great, great. Yeah, thank you for mentioning yeah. that. So Lars Ulrich recently did a, a surprise appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Um, he, he does this segment where um, – Thank you, Henry, for subscribing. I greatly appreciate it. Um, he he apparently he does this um, uh, segment where he honors like hometown heroes, like people on the front line of COVID and whatnot, nurses. And so there was a nurse from Long Island, I believe, um, who works with children who have COVID, and uh, she was saying how he was like, "Well, well, how do you?" Uh, unplug from your day and she's like well i do yoga i uh do this or that and i listen to music really loud in my car i'm like he's like oh what kind of music do you listen to kind of playing dumb and he's like oh, i'm actually a really big metallica fan and then lo and behold he had lars Ulrich at the ready to come out and surprise her and um uh, lars surprised all of us metallica fans by holding up an snm2 box set and saying this is out in august so i don't know I'm assuming there'll be different versions of it. Um, I'm assuming there'll be, you know, the single album. I'm assuming there'll be a Blu-ray. I'm assuming there'll be a box set. What's in that box set? I don't know. I'm going to speculate that it's, you probably get a CD. You probably get a digital download. Maybe you get a vinyl. Maybe you get a Blu-ray. Maybe you get like a collective book or, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's filled with goodness. Um, but I, I would expect details to come out soon. Uh, because supposedly that's coming our way in a in a just a couple months, sometime in August. That's all we uh, know right now. Yeah, I also believe the um the concert film has been like re-edited from the version they had in theaters. So yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I heard that somewhere. So that'll be cool to get like a slightly different take um, versus the one that they you know threw together in like a month, uh, which must have been right. very stressful. I can imagine. <laughs> right. So. Well, they. And I think that was part of the reason why the album was delayed because they were, yeah, excuse me, they were mixing and mastering the album even more. Yeah. So they said the sound is going to be different and a higher quality than what you heard yeah. in the movie theater, which is pretty impressive if that's so. Because I thought the album, I, I sorry, I thought the movie was masterfully done. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm hoping to write an article about it when uh, when it actually drops. Um, Possibly called five reasons why SNM two is better than the first. So <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> That's hot take. Uh, Matthew Mike say I'm hoping for recordings of both shows. Yes, Richard, I read the same thing, um, cool. and I'm seeing some of the kind words in the uh, uh, in the chat. So thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for tuning in, Richard. Where can everybody find you on the social media and anything else you want to plug in terms of? Writing or cool. music? I'm on Twitter at RSH underscore E-L-L-E. Um, yeah, I'm in a pop duo called L. We just released a double single called Cherry Love Dreams and Siren, if that's a thing. But all my links are on Twitter, etc. So I am uh, not a hard man to find <laughs> online. <laughs> um, and... 
Uh, Blake saying five reasons it's not better. No, he said five reasons why it, it is, is better. better. That's his argument. S and M two is better than S and M. No reason to apologize. Um, yeah, uh, I will be sure to share that article once it's written and up. And uh, there will definitely be an S and M two um, episode on this podcast when we get everything and we can dissect it and all that goodness. We've already we we did an episode prior. I did it with. Um, Nick Makobiak, who's a, a a great guest to have, we we mm. broke down S and M one, and at that same and at the time S M two had just been announced, so we were mm. speculating and making our set dream list, and so you can listen to see what we were right about and what we were wrong about, and I was wrong about a lot. Like I was like, oh, it'd be cool if they did my friend of misery, maybe they'll do Orion, uh, I, but I mean, who's gonna predict that they're going to do you know uh, mm. a, a solo version of Anesthesia pulling teeth or um, Unforgiven three with just James and the orchestra. Like who 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 could predict that goodness? This uh this has been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, please subscribe, download, and be part of the Metallicast Militia. And I'm about to end this. Thank you so much, Richard, for your time at Metallicast you, on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'll be back live next month. Stay tuned to my social media for information, and there'll be a full length episode. Not a live stream, but a full-length episode out in uh, just another week or so. On uh, I believe it'll be dropped on Monday, June 29th. I did an interview uh, with, well, if you were ever curious as to how to book Metallica for an award show, I got an interview that will break that down for you. Just a little tease. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, middle up your ass. Yeah! yeah. Fans not experts.